Hello, and welcome to Tell Me About Your D&D Character, a podcast where people get a chance to talk about their characters from different role-playing games. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today my guest is Ryan K. Lindsay, the uh, Aurealis and Ledger Award-winning author of books like uh, Beautiful Canvas and Negative Space and also a School Teacher. Um, we talk a bit about running games in schools um, and the RPG club that he's developed at the school he works at and um, also about his, his character who had a happy ending. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to talking to Ryan for a very long time, um, pretty much since I discovered his comics. Discovering that he was into D&D as well gave me a chance to talk to him about all the different things. We probably could have got into even more, and I do want to have him back on the show, as I do with most of my guests. Um, but listen on, and I hope you enjoy. I seriously want to write a zombie story where people are like, no, nah, it's Christmas. Just uh, mm-hmm. let's go about your it's business. It's Christmas. It'll be fine. We can go over to mum's place and yeah, she's been yeah. bitten. And, That'd be yeah. cool with it too. <laughs> oh. It just seems nuts, but oh, man. Man. What are we ten? We're ten days in. Ten days in. I'm, ten uh, day, well, ten days in, and we've had another outbreak, and we've had a lockdown, we've had a coup, <laughs> and it's just this year. Yeah, it's... I think I'll come at this year with better humor. At least we kind of see it coming from day one, whereas last yeah. year. No, it just sort of came out of nowhere for us. Whereas this year, I'm, but I don't know. Last year, just I, I refuse to have a repeat. Yeah, yeah, and it's just this year. It's like, yeah, it's just 2020 in a new hat. Yeah, of course this has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, of course that's it is. This is half, this is half, how it operates. Of course. Now. <laughs> uh, try. I saw a great comment on Twitter, which was, um, "Yes, I shouldn't be doom scrolling, but have you seen the content of Doom right now?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's you kind of, so I, I try to avoid Twitter as much as possible, except when advertising the podcast and the last yeah. four days, it's like, I can't stay off it just because I do want to know what's going on and I just don't watch TV. So I'm it's, not going to. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, I don't catch TV or do anything like that. And it's, and it's interesting what an instant news source to is because it it doesn't really get typed up and distributed well behind it so uh, yeah. it'd be said for no knowing what's happening i guess you know in a weird yeah. morbid way well i think also seeing it for i mean this is the the benefit but also the problem with twitter that we see it from yeah. people on the ground but also those people have their own opinions and they're not professional journalists and we're not seeing mm. the i guess the um the fact check truth we're seeing just what they think at the time but yeah having it occasionally mm. being like cool well i've got to do a post right now anyway for for an advertising thing so i'll scroll for five minutes and i'll see what's happening and i'll get a few different opinions and then i'll be like cool i know what's going on and when i talk about it with yeah. someone else they'll have another opinion but i'll have heard about it already which I yeah, don't yeah that's right yeah but i think mm. no totally not this it's going to be interesting looking at fiction for the next oh, three, mm. four years of going, well, do we write it into stories? Do we just ignore it? Do we pretend that it's we've moved on from it? And like you were yeah. saying, with the the zombie idea, it's going mm. to change how we oper- how we assume zombie films work because we have seen a virus that's taken over the world in action, and we've seen our responses to it too. Yeah, yeah. 
it definitely that's the thing i think i want to incorporate is that our responses to it where people for years have been like that's not how it would be handled and i'm like no it would be handled worse like yeah. <laughs> we've seen now it would be much worse than what we've seen portrayed as pretty bad in in fiction so i think yeah the gloves can be off a little bit as to how sort of stupid you can make people and 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 villain where it's like but they do that that wouldn't work and you're like well, it might yeah it's 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 not completely crazy to think someone would just yeah it's, it doesn't feel realistic that people are going to try and capitalize and yeah and just lie and all that sort of stuff so yeah there's elements of that where i'm like no this is this is stuff where i reckon we can chew on for years and and and, and kind of need to because that's how you oh, that's how i process it so that's how they should yeah yeah, you do kind of need to, to tease it out and work out how do you feel about it and how can other people feel about it and what other people are experiencing from it, which, mm. yeah, we see constantly. With I keep coming back to a scene in World War Z yeah, which yeah. I read years and years ago, and it's somebody watching on TV, you know, someone skating through the streets, killing zombies left and right, and they get grabbed and dragged underneath, and of course they die, and somebody goes, that's so stupid. But the person saying it is, I believe, a Paris Hilton type. <laughs> and watching from this secure bunker where they're all being filmed yeah. um, for a reality TV show for the rest <laughs> of the world. And I'm just like, that could have happened. That could have so easily happened yeah. for us this year. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get like pandemic lockdown, Big Brother style thing. Yeah, I think someone read Mask of Red Death and thought it would have been a little bit too on the nose to have reality <laughs> stars in a little lockdown <laughs> thing with, we're going to pretend the virus isn't happening and we'll just yeah. dance the night away. <laughs> it so should have happened. Put like Kevin Sorbo in there and oh, Scott Baio and James Woods and just see what happens. It'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> see who comes out the survivor. Yeah, yeah, they'd be turning on each other instantly. Just look at oh, them. well, there's... This is a dark one. Put one person who has COVID in there and see, well, who's going to trust? Or just tell them there's someone with COVID in there and see what happens. Openly say, this person has COVID and now I'm filming you. And they'll be like, no, he doesn't. And then as they get sick, yeah. they'll be like, nah, I'm just, I've got a cold. <laughs> just watch them. Just yeah. completely ignore it right in front of them. No, to be fair, most most people that, that uh, didn't believe in COVID did after they got it because then then they felt scared and wanted to be safe. So the moment it affected yeah. them, which is yeah the worst. God, the thrust. There has been that change that as soon as you're personally affected by it, you realize. I mean, that's why we see a lot of cases that as soon as somebody realize. Well, we won't get into politics. I think we could talk about politics all day. Honestly, I, having followed you for a while, I feel that we probably got a similar sort of mindset when it comes to a lot of these things. Yes, I see the same frustrations. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we'd much rather talk about D&D and your history. Absolutely. Because that is why I've got you on the podcast. But for, I mean, I've been reading you for a while. Um, yeah. Long-time listeners are going to know that I work for a publishing company which actually distributes Dark Horse. Uh, oh, yeah. So when Negative Space came out, I was stoked because I think yeah. I'd seen you at Oz Comic Con before, before the, the book was released. and was like, yeah. I want to read this. Nice. Um, so I've been plugging that for quite a while. But I think a lot of people might not have had that crossover between comics and D&D before. So maybe yes. if you could tell us a little bit about um, maybe your history with, with writing in general and, and your career. Yeah, it's interesting. With, um, with writing, I knew like a really young age I wanted to be a writer. Like I was in primary school when I was like, no, I want to grow up and tell stories. Like 
uh, and I even called it. I was like, I want to be, I want to be an author, and I want to be a teacher, and 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 nailed it. Got both of them right on the head, and so mm-hmm. really stuck my guns with that, and sort of did. Uh, I, I always think of this as a usual kid thing. You write a few things, you peter in and out. I was never that sort of writing savant that I would like to have professed that I was. I just, I wrote things here and there. And then, you know, you go and do dumb things and you go and be a teenager. And every now and then I'd be drawn back to writing though, um, little short stories. Or I did a lot of starting of ideas. Always loved sort of cooking stuff up. Um, but never really committed during um, those years. But it was always something that, I loved and I read a lot and I watched a lot of movies and it was the sort of thing that um, it just always felt like it was a part of of like how I would identify again. Did you find that you were watching certain things or and reading certain things or was it um, just whatever was around? I think to a degree it's whatever was around because I'm the youngest of, there's three brothers and I'm the youngest one. And so there was a lot of me reading whatever they were reading and coming down the line. So I grew up I know that and, feeling, and getting into stuff like Stephen King and Clive Barker very early. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and it was great. But then there's, but then you talk to other people and they're like, oh, have you read like X, Y, and Z, you know, as a teenager? And I was like, no, I was catching up on like 25 years of Stephen King and Dean Koontz yeah. and, and weird stuff. And they're like, oh, that's, that's dumb. I'm like, no, no, it's, I love it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I was always sort of absorbing those stories and then watched a really wide variety of movies as, as a teen and as a kid. And I used to have those um, fighting fantasy, um, uh, like playing oh, yeah. books. Oh man. Yeah, the I loved Jackson. those yeah. as a kid. Yes. They were dynamite. I can remember playing them from a very young age onwards because my oldest brother had them. And yet I never made that, that one step further of playing d and I knew d and I thought it was uh, uh, an epic scale, expensive game in which you needed well, it is. Uh, lots of resources and lots. Of, I thought it was all miniatures and I thought it was all that stuff. So I just knew yeah, like, oh, I can't afford, I, I won't even bother thinking about that because I can't afford it. Not knowing that I was so far off the mark that, you know, it almost couldn't be a cheaper game. You just, just talk yeah. and make stuff up and it's just totally in yeah. your brain. Um, so, yeah, I really missed, missed a beat on that, which is so silly. I was saying this on um, my other podcast um, that if you've got the starter kit or the, the quick start rules, which are available mm. online for free, yeah. that is all you need. Yeah, you, you might need a dice set, mm. but otherwise, it's all coming from your brain. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's... I was I was so certain it was like it was rich kids game, and I was not a rich yeah. kid, so I was like, no, I'm out. I just never even like never even investigated just to like look through the windows at it. So I played the fighting fantasy and 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 wrote my stories, and then it wasn't until just a few years ago, because um, at my school I'm very much the nerd teacher. I run like writing mm-hmm. clubs. I've run comic book reading clubs. I have like comic stuff uh, all over my classroom and, and you should run a and d club at school. And I was like, I don't really know what it is. I know what it is, but I don't really know what it is. So I couldn't run anything. And she was like, uh, I mean, you're pretty nerdy. I think, I think you'd like it. And I was like, thank you for the compliment. I'll take it. Um, I was like, all right. Uh, and I like this kid. She was, a, she was a really astute kid. She was, she was sharp and she was sort of like, she was she was into cool stuff, so I was like, "God, if you're going to vouch for it, I'm going to I'm going to take you on that. I'm going to look it up." So I did a little a little bit, a real little bit of research online, and found the the free online rules, 
and was like, oh, like instantly had this like, oh, this is what it is. And then I watched like one or two YouTube things and I was like, oh, I've been wrong for like three decades on what I thought this game was. So I, um, I bought the starter set, um, was it a few years ago and, and read and I read it twice. So I was like, oh, and I think I get what it is now. And then spent the summer holidays um, playing through it with my kids and just going like, all right, how, how, how does it work on your side? And sort of quizzing them and getting an idea of if they were enjoying it and how they were enjoying it. And so at the end of the holidays, I was like, yeah, I can totally um, run this. So I went back at the start of the year and, and, and spoke to this student of mine and said, look, I think I can do it, but I'm going to need your help to like make sure I'm on the right track and make sure that, you know, um, uh, I can have assistance. I said, you know, we'll probably only get, you know, four or five kids. So um, it should be pretty easy to like pocket it together. Yeah, easy to manage. And so as I was preparing it, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, anytime I do something, pretty nerdy you you get that core unit of kids i remember having I did, with the comic book reading club I'd, I'd gotten all these free comic book day books from my local which is impact comics and so the idea was if you oh, signed up impact. for the reading club you got to keep the comic we read that week so each week you'd get a new mm. comic and the kids were like this is great and so we got 20 kids in on that and i was like wow this is epic and we got into these really cool discussions about um like panels and closure and and, and gutters and how everything works on the page it was really epic but I knew I wouldn't expand, I guess. Whereas with the D&D thing, I was like, this seems pretty niche. I'll see what we get. And as I was setting it up, this 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 um, first year teacher came up to my room and I'd only known him like a few weeks since the start of the year. And he goes, oh, I heard you saying the d and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, um, it's some help. And I was like, oh, yes, please. I don't know. I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm freaking out. And he was like, no, I'll, I'll help you out. And he, he came with like heaps of knowledge um and was was playing plenty so he helped me set it up and we ended up getting 12 kids um joining up initially so i was like oh that's actually that's a that's a pretty cool crew that's a a full set basically yeah yeah it was um it was more than i expected and and it was we we sort of did this thing where we had all of them together and we sort of unpacked the rules with them and we went through some some um like supported gameplay and then we're like, all right, one of you will go with with the other teacher, and uh, sorry, six of you will go. The other teacher, six will stay with me. And so we did that for about a term. Um, and then two of the kids were like, look, we want to we want to DM. And I was like, yeah, that should be cool. Why don't we get you two to DM and we'll DM? And I was like, maybe we can open it up and see if people want to join because these, these kids were really. Good. And so I put it open to the school again um, during second term. We ended up with a group of thirty six kids after that. Jeez. And I was like, oh, this is more than i can manage but oh yeah i don't want to say no to anybody so um we managed to do this thing where it was like half the group would play and the other half would do like um basically like kind of like project work you could write a story about your character or you could record a video in in, in character or you could sketch character and so yeah like 18 of them would go off and, and just be in one room just like goofing off quietly um and 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 reading the books and loving it and the other ones would be in these four different campaigns and that was how we sort of wrote out the year and just getting to, I think getting to learn it with kids was probably a highlight. You got to see like how they wanted to do things and what they found interesting. And I don't know, there was something really, cause my big thing was, look, it has to be educational. So it's not just hack and slash in the slightest. Yeah. You have to like, I'm going to put puzzles down in, into the game and I'm going to have like interpersonal problems and you're going to have to be astute and you're going to have to really ask questions and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and 
most of the kids were really good at getting that. And within a year, I was like fully in love with D&D. I mean, I just love it because I love it, but I love it from a teacher standpoint because it covers yeah. so much stuff. There's a, there's a thing in the Australian curriculum, which is um, a 20, 21st century skills for the workforce. And I went through mm-hmm. it with a highlighter and was like, oh, all right, if you do D&D well, what do you cover? And it's collaboration, it's communication, it's goal setting, it's perseverance, it's dealing with failure, it's all this cool stuff. And I was like, man, yeah. if kids come out of this really engaging with it, they've got so many life skills to sort of go, oh, well, I tried something and, and it didn't work, but my buddy's rolling next and maybe they'll they'll do all right based on whatever. And, and, and teaching kids to roll a natural one that that's actually really cool. And I'm not going to kill anybody. Like, I'm not a monster. So the kids are too afraid. But they loved their characters. And so I'd be like, all right, a natural one's an epic fail, but it's going to lead you into an epic weird bot. But it's, Mm. you know, it's not just going to be boring. And so getting them to build from that and think about how to think outside the box, especially because I sort of said to them, look, you can't just go around stabbing everything. We're, we're at school. And if you're going home being like, then I stabbed a goblin in the head and then I got this, this orc in the gut and I tore it open I think your parents are going to shut me down <laughs> and then most of the kids are kind of like you know they're you're five and six they're 11 and 12 they're kind of like yeah no I don't know if, I don't know if my parents would dig that let's see if and I said look and every now and then sometimes you got to kill something like that's the point you got to get you got to get in a battle but we try and make sure it's like you're battling uh shambling mounds or you're battling skeletons or as long as it's not like all right there's a bunch of humans go kill them yeah um and that's the there's not the of- goblin the goblin massacre that you have at a lot of the early adventures just in yeah. general yeah, because because uh, initially, as I was sort of finding my feet, I tried to figure out ways to do like curveballs to like teach the kids lessons, and and I did one that it was either really awesome or traumatic. I guess time will tell. But this goblin like came out and was like holding them at crossbow point or whatever, and talking to them, and one of them was just like, "Oh, I'm going to hurl my battle axe at it," and he rolled a natural twenty. And he was really specific. He was like, I really want to hit it like in the head and I'm going to try and like send it off. They're on this cliffside. And I was like, you hit it and you send it off. And this kid was like, yeah, nailed him. And he falls and you can hear he's about to hit the water. And instead you hear this like thwack and then you hear a baby start crying. And this kid was like, oh, oh, what have I done? And I was like, well, I don't know. Are you going to look over the edge and find out? And it turns out that this guy was just trying to find like safe haven for his um, his goblin wife and goblin family. Mm-hmm. And so what I then had to do was I changed it. So this guy had abducted a goblin family and you could still save them. And by killing this one, you probably have saved them. But afterwards, the kid came up to me and he was like, so was that guy always going to be a terrible kidnapping person? And I was like, look, I'll let you know a little secret. Nothing's locked in stone. Like if you befriended him, he was going to be the dad and you were going to be the hero and you're going to save the family. You didn't. So I didn't want to make you feel too bad. Change it. But I said to him, look, if I put you in a corridor and I want you to go into the room on the East to find the chest, that room. And he looked at me like, you can do that. And I'm like, uh, I can do whatever I want. It's all make-believe, dude. It's in our heads. And he was like, oh, this is amazing. And it was this moment where I clicked for him and he was like, this is amazing and I love it. And I was like, all right, you get it. Like it's 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 all about like moving with the flow of things. And uh, I, I sort of said, but my job is to support you. I don't ever want to make you feel like your characters become a murderer or a dictator or whatever. So I'm going to shift things sometimes. And sometimes I'm going to do it for speed or because things are boring and I thought it would be cooler, whatever. But it's all about like creating a cool story. And he he really got that. 
and was like, oh, that's what we're doing. And so that's how I've sold it again and again to students. Um, it's all about creating epic moments. Yeah, I think there's always that moment of a new player coming and learning to love the game of realizing I can do whatever I want and mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want. I'm not limited to this is a game where I go and kill monsters. This is a yeah. game where I can go and adopt the monsters. This is a game where I can go and create the give the monsters a, a union. I can yeah. Yeah. do whatever I want with this. And it's so great seeing that, that realization in kids, particularly around that age, because they go, this is different from every other game I've played, where there are the set rules of you can do this, you can't do that. Yeah. They're so used to, yeah, just video games to like, and have a set goal. Because then the kids were like, well, if I, I'll put the problem in front of you somehow. Like, you'll fall in a pit, and then there's a tunnel, and then you'll end up there. But I said, it's all about how you want to get there. Like, do you want to covert? Do you want to heroically waltz in? Do you want to bluff your way in? Like, however you try and play the game, I'll try to respond to that and go, oh, okay, this is a group that likes to stealth around. I'm going to give you stealthy options. This is a group that loves the like deception and interplay and pretending that they're the, pretending that their character is pretending that they're someone else. I'm like, cool, let's set up those things. And it's it's really it's especially like as I'm learning or was learning the game with them, I was like, oh, you can do this. Oh, and this yep. works if we go this way. Oh, let's see what the dice say. All right. And it's um it's so much fun. And and that's what I've said to the kids, like, even in the end, like if you don't because we have a few kids that are real min maxes, they're just like, all right, I'm gonna kill this thing. How many XP are you gonna give for it? And I'm like, I'm not doing XP for each kill, man. That's that's no, that's that's too much maths, and I teach math. Mm. I was like, no. We're just going to like milestone you for our weeks. It's all good. Don't focus on that. Yeah. Focus on like yeah. looking around, finding cool stuff. And so once I started the the, the, the club at school, um, there's another Canberra writer, Jack Heath, who's who's written a bunch of uh, children and, and adult crime novels. And he's a mate of mine. And he, I was chatting to him about it. And he was like, oh, I play D&D. Oh, yeah. I know Jack. Yeah. Jack used to be a, a local at my bookstore. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's um he's a champion and he's got a bunch of mates that he plays D and D with. So he was like, Do you want to come along and play and see what the old version of this shockingly it's not very different to the kid version of the game. It just maybe swears a little more, but it's just as creative and just as much fun. And so um I've been playing like once a fortnight with them for, for years now. And um it's cool because I can go and play there and then I can bring those stories of my dwarf ranger back to school and go, oh, I was in this situation where this had to happen and we were stuck here and here's how we got through it. Or I talk about like, like we, we had this, we had a really good one where our cleric had gone onto the island to stealth ahead with one of the other uh, monks, I think it was. And they came across this like conch shell with like a trip wire and he found it before they tripped it. And our DM, which was Jack actually was like, oh, you've, and describes it and was just like, all right, you've basically found what was like a, uh, a, a doorbell if you will and so our cleric was like oh cool i'm going to just like give it a little doo -doo. just we want them to know we're here i just didn't want to trip on it so i'll just let them know we're here and so jack's like okay I give it a pull and he's like all right you've just activated the was it the horn of blasting roll for damage and i was like that's oh, hilarious we mm. didn't actually investigate it we kind of just took the dm's low-key word and we're like oh we don't need to look anymore and i took that straight back to school and was like here's how a bunch of adults got duped by just playing too easy and the kids were rolling around going 
That was hilarious. Did the cleric like no, but he was certainly not hearing well for a while. And they they get really invested in hearing all that stuff. <laughs> and it's all it's all learning opportunities. And if you can show them that your own character fails and talk about it, because I mean, even just when I teach anything, I bring personal narrative into it. I'm like, oh, I remember doing this science experiment once four years ago with a class, and I did this blah 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 blah. And the kids go, oh, cool. Now I have another point of reference to it. And so doing it with D and D was awesome. And just saying, oh, we had this kid, this character last night because i was playing on tuesdays and dnd at school's always wednesdays so i'm always like oh last night here's what happened but here's how we got through it and there's always like a point to it where i'm like and the point of the lesson is sometimes it's it's better to role play than to attack and they're like oh okay got it and then suddenly for the next two weeks no 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 student like unsheaths their sword they're always like well what if i tell them that i'm actually a wizard and i have a wand of harm and maybe they'll be scared of me roll for deception and you're like yes that's the sort of like outside of the box thinking that we want you to do and it's um it's just fun i mean i think the the best thing about dnd for me is the laughter it's just so much of it and i think with kids and with adults that's really important there's the moments where it can be an epic battle and but people but you don't remember those yeah. like you remember the boss battle you remember the final the final conflict between the good and evil but running across you know there's some wolves there's yeah there's a, a shambling man that just kind of stumbles across your party in the middle of the night though you don't remember unless there's laughter yeah. in there as well i'm a big fan of critical role i have too much time on my hands so i can watch all the time <laughs> and even random encounters in that there's like there's episodes where nothing happens because it's just battle and there's sometimes where they get attacked, but because they haven't had chance to dress, some of them are fighting naked, some of them are fighting in pajamas, and that becomes the the amusing moment yeah. for the episode because something else is going on, and there's that laughter element to it as well that they're laughing about this. Yeah. The combat is is pointless. It's the the banter between the the characters as they go about it that is what will remember people remind people to will. I can't think of the word I'm looking for that will um, yeah. people will remember years later when they're talking about why was that game so amazing. And that's what they, I suspect the kids will find as well. They're not going to remember that time that I slew five goblins all by myself. They're going to remember that joke that somebody yeah. told about about the, the big yeah. the boss. And it's and, cool because whenever we finish, so we go from like 3 to 4.30 and I say like at 3 o'clock just roll into my classroom, there's 30 plus of you, have a break, have a Kit Kat, whatever, just chill out, have a chat, have a look. We've got all the, um, well, not all, we have all like the player's handbook and the DM guide, the monster manual and a few other things. Have a look through books or whatever, or get a Chromebook out and, and do some research. And we'll really start at like quarter past, 20 past. And you just see all these kids just blah, 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 just like going for it, just talking and like, oh, did you read about this? I was at home and I, I watched this YouTube clip and it talks about the five best monsters and oh, I disagree, blah, blah, blah. And they're just going for it. I'm like, this is great. And then you bring them together. I'll recap my previous night, give them a bit of a lesson, like don't forget to search for traps or, you know, don't forget to, you know, or always always loot the corpse, stuff like that. And then you're like, all right, everybody split off. You've got your DMs, go on adventure. And then at the end, I'm like, all right, we have to pack up and leave. And it always takes 15 minutes to get them out because every kid wants to tell you about cool stuff that happened. So I'm like standing at the bag racks and they're like, oh, I did this yeah. thing. And then so-and-so came in and he used this magic spell. And it was awesome because then that blew off like half his armor. And I saw this gem under there. So I grabbed that. And they're so invested. Like it's real. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like that's, you, yeah. you can't, you can't get kids to engage with just a book that way. But they're like, oh man, I was reading this story and this character did mm -hmm. something. It's just, it, 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 it doesn't click as much as when they're in it. 
And so I've like I've loved seeing that passion come out. It's 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 one of the coolest things I can have ever done. It's that element of agency that they get to feel that I am in control, which for a lot of kids they're not going to have. That their parents tell them what they're going to be doing. They've got the the rigid structure of school all the time. Like even amazing classes, they've still got to go to these certain things. They've got to be there at a certain time. They've got to do the homework and things like that. So having this chance to be whoever they want to be and discover things about themselves and what they enjoy, it's just, it's wonderful. And this is kind of why I started the podcast, that it's not just for kids. It's people getting to experience all these things and getting a chance to talk about, like you were just saying, with the conch shell. Yeah. It's how many times can you get to to tell that in a a day-to-day situation? Um, unless yeah. some, you know somebody who's into D&D. And I want to share that with everyone. I want to hear about these stories because everyone's got these amazing stories that they get so so enthusiastic about yeah, talking it's, about. Yeah, it's, it's the coolest that it becomes this side history that you have of things you've done that were never real. But mm. uh, you, had to, you had to cook it up. You had to come up with a good idea. You had to react to something on the fly. You had to, you know, think... Uh, in league with other people and, and collaborate and yeah like the more I've the more I've delved into it it's been really cool to see like how creative it makes you because I'll give the kids you know the verbal lesson and then let them go and then I see how they extrapolate that and I'm like oh okay yeah you're like you're going further faster than like I would have which is really kind of cool and then it's um and getting kids to dm is nuts especially when someone's really good at it and they're really just coming up with nuts stuff and i'm on the other side of the room and i'm dming like listening to them but dming my group and i'm like oh man they're good i want to know what happens over there and i'm trying to like one up them with what's going on (laughs) on my side but it's um and it's a and and it's a way for me to like let my goofball out in, in dming and and I, w- I want to try and get to a point where I can play while a kid DMs, but I haven't gotten there yet. I think it would be um, hilarious. That would be a really interesting one, but it'd be difficult to step back from yeah. from being DM. I find a lot of the time when I'm DM, when I'm a player in somebody else's game, I'll just shut up. Mm. I just I'm not going to backseat DM. I'm just going to be the big fighter who will go and smack things, and that's all I want to do because I don't want to yeah, have yeah. those ideas of well, I know that they're. I don't want to meta game. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. You sort of because we do that in the adult group. There's, I think, four of us who rotate between DMing. So a lot of us kind of know our business, and sometimes something will happen, and we'll like look to each other and we're like, uh, "Other DMs, what do you think?" And every single time, everyone's like, "No, DMs rules. You, mm-hmm. your DM. How, whatever you decide right now yep. is how we're going to do it." But it can also become canon, and we're like, "Yeah, cool. All right, don't screw it up." <laughs> it's like that's how it works in this situation. Yeah. I was in so I was in a game a couple of weeks ago where um, it was somebody's first oh, time yeah. DMing, uh, and the person that regularly DM for them was in the room, and I regularly DM <laughs> for that person. So it was like three generations of dungeon masters all in this game, <laughs> and nice. I, they they kept looking to us. I was like, you know what? It is your game. Mm. I will tell you what's in the rule book. You make the decision. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna step on your your fun. It's how it works. It's uh, it's your game. I've had a few kids come at me and they're like, no, no, no. The book says it would be this many HP. I'm like, nah, who cares about the book? The book doesn't matter. DM says it's it's a sickly one. It's no good. Or no, it's been working out. It's going to take a few <laughs> hits. And they're like, oh. I thought like, because I, and the kids get hung up on um, like, oh no, it's chaotic evil. And I'm like, nah, not always. Mm. You can't pitch 
Oh, we had a really big discussion once as to whether, because um, uh, a bunch of, I want to say orcs turned up. Yeah. Up, and the kids were sitting there and orcs have entered the room. I mean, they're pretty nasty. They're probably um, probably up to no good. And they all paused. And one of them was like, is that racist? And I was like, like what do you think, guys? And they were like, yeah. I mean, and one, one of them was like, well, we are visually profiling them. And I was like, wow. Wow. That's awesome. I'm like, all right, so what's your one? How could you handle this? And they're like, all right, one of us is going to go talk to him. And I was like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting to get that level really quickly with the kids. Yeah, and that's amazing that they just, they snapped straight to it. Because it can be this philosophy. They definitely are. Um, nobody's fool. No, no, they wouldn't. They, they clue in very quickly of um once they realize that they can do anything that like i was saying that they do do anything they go well maybe we can just talk this out maybe we don't need to fight if we don't have to it's you give them yeah. an extra option and suddenly it becomes a whole different thing and like you you were saying earlier that you well, just kind of change I, the I, goblin yeah. change the goblin on the fly i'm wondering then when you're creating the adventures for them how much do you prep in advance do you just go cool i'm gonna throw this at them and see what happens like you said with the orcs just some orcs showed up and well i've got an idea of what they might do but let's see what the kids yeah respond with yeah i try to be really reactive because i never know what they're gonna do and sometimes they're really clearly playing in a way that if i stick to my plan it would be antithetical to their fun and I'm like, oh, no, you really want to, like, ride it. And I was just going to make this monster kind of mean. But then I'm like, oh, it would be kind of funny if one of you managed to, like, wrangle it. Maybe it'll be a begrudging thing. Maybe it'll be a contest. And then if you can, like, get it to submit a little bit and allow it, maybe then you'll do stuff like that. And, yeah, I find um, with the kids, I, I generally have really loose ideas. Mm-hmm. And I just they go, what's going to be funny? I, like, most of the time, I'm just like, what's going to be really weird? or what's going to annoy them in like a real sort of like C type character as it's just like zooming around them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and so um, perfect for that. you see how they respond and it's always about, Oh yeah, it's, it's so cool. And, and it's always cool to go against type. Like I had, like they spotted this, this, um, Oh, what was it? It wasn't a frost giant. It was a hill giant from a distance. And they were like, oh, and a few of them were like, oh, they're dumb and mean. Let's check it out. And when they got closer, it was like it was wearing a bunch of smashed up armors as a tutu. And it was dancing around talking about birthday cake. And all the kids were like, oh, we don't know how to deal with this. And I was like, awesome. Well, and one of them, it's going to grab one of you now and it's going to try and smash you in the head because it's wanting to pat you. And they were like, oh, we don't want to hurt it because he clearly just wants to be friends, but we don't want to get smashed in the head. Mm-hmm. What do we do? And I'm like, I don't know, figure it out. And so eventually they kind of like, um, one of the kids, no kidding, one of the kids pulled a ukulele out of her bag, like in real life, and starts playing a ukulele. Oh, awesome. And she plays a lullaby on this ukulele at the table. And I was like, all right, and I'm going to let you roll with like advantage. And that's like a DC six. And she was like, well, I'm a bard. I already have like, you know, plus seven or something on my performance. And I was like, cool, just don't roll a natural one then. Oh, that's fantastic. Go for it. Like that was awesome. And so, yeah, sometimes they really have to. And the moment she did that, a bunch of the other kids, like, had kids like in, in the coming weeks, like making pots of tea for characters and then being like, all right, should we poison the tea? Cause we still think they're evil or do we try and put them to sleep? 
And, and then you see one of them being like furiously in the book, oh, I have a herbalism kit. Can I do that with it? And my 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 response with the kids is always like, I don't know, let's try it. Like, all right, let's see what happens. That's a that's a good and, response. And, and teaching the kids, the more you describe, yeah, yeah, I try not to say no on anything. I'm just like, well, how would you do it? And they're like, oh. And I sort of taught them, the more you describe, the lower the DC. And they're like, oh, oh. Uh, that's pretty cool. But sometimes they're just like, I jump over the fence. I'm like, cool. I don't know. You're a dwarf. This isn't going to go well. But then they're like, all right, I try and like run and spring off something. And then I've got like a fastball special from a friend who throws me. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. Now we're cooking with gas. And so getting them to really, and it's funny because some kids still can't like get into character. They talk about what their character is doing. And some of the kids come in with like, one of the kids made like these janky glasses out of like twigs and stuff mm-hmm. so that he could look the part I was putting on an accent <laughs> seeing them like delve in there's that element i've said to the kids look it's it's a drama thing but if you're not dramatic don't sweat it like yeah. at, at its base it's a game of creativity and inclusion mm-hmm. it's however you want to do it is like we, we even had a, a student who was selective mute end up like figuring out how to play and um she was like she she had one student she would talk to so she'd like whisper to them so we just built it in the characters we were just like oh you know your characters are always together so they can just yeah. converse and 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 and, and, and and try to make it fun like did you mishear them sometimes or <laughs> try to like throw a curveball but yeah it was just about like however you as long as there was no player versus player. I was always very firm on that. I, uh, I, I didn't want things to go down that route. Um, and there wasn't just like, uh, what do they call it? Murder hobo. Murder hobo, yeah, that's... <laughs> no murder hobos. It's difficult to, to keep them out. I hear a lot of stories from teachers that have started running for their for their kids. And murder hobo is kind of the, the go-to for a lot of kids. Yeah. That it's like, I've got this opportunity. I'm just going to kill that guy. I'm just going to stab him and steal his stuff. And... St- yeah. st- putting your foot down very early on saying we're not going to have any of that come up with another way it does it stretches mm. the brain it yeah. makes them think of other ways that they can still get what they want in the way they want it without resorting yeah. to violence yeah which is which is like yeah like it's it's just building their problem solving capability but mm. how good is that as a psychological evaluation test to see what someone's like not just in how they play it, but like in what I'm fascinated by what characters they choose. Yeah. I think it's it's really interesting to see whether people pick a character that they think is like them or whether they pick a character that is something they would want to be or whether they pick a character that is something they could never be. They always, for me, seem to be the three options. Because yeah. you'll get the nerdy kid that's like, no, it's going to be a wizard with not many, you know, strength powers. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually pretty much you. You just don't <laughs> have magic in the real world. And then there's some kids that are like, no, I'm going to be a giant barbarian. I'm going to smash it up. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're not a big kid. You would want to live out that power fantasy. And then like, but you think you are. You think you hold that power. Um, whereas some kids are just like, oh, I want to be a druid or something. I just want to turn into animals and I just want to be like something totally different. And I'm like, yeah, that's interesting that's like as well. Stuff. Yeah. I think there's, um, I, I know, I'm sure it's been done on the internet, but there has to be some sort of like psychological equivalence between what characters people choose and what it says about them. Mm. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Well, that's a, a good segue. But let's talk about your dwarf ranger. What does your dwarf ranger say about you? what what's the dwarf ranger like what's their name yeah that was an interesting one because 
Um, it was uh, Eagle Frost, and um, he he was a really he was uh, he was a monster hunter ranger because he he had actually been an adventurer and had retired to the icy north, and then frost giants laid waste to his village, and he was about the only person to survive. So he um, he 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 wanted vengeance, and he just hated like. He hated evil and wrongdoing in the world like he never had before. Um, but he um, he was with he'd be, he'd retired as the bartender of his town, so he was he was he had the brewer's kit, and so he was constantly trying to collect different liquids while on adventure to see what he could brew up um, between adventures, which was always a fun. <laughs> you could just see the DM being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, maybe um, his core, he was a really interesting character because he just, he was genuinely world. It wasn't about becoming a hero. He'd already been a hero. It was about, uh, he couldn't stand seeing wrongdoing going on. So in one of the earliest adventures, um, finally got one of those moments where you get to act in, like yeah. in character and go, what would they do? Not what would I do? And so they were on the crew and they were following it around in there and they got into one room and there was a, a girl, a young girl hidden like in the crawl space. And she kind of called out and was like, look, the, the creature's nearby. But um, it was very much that like, it mostly comes out at night, mostly type situation. And so I was like, oh, okay, I see what's going to happen here. And I was like, cool, I'm going to try and free this girl from the crawl space. And I'd already gotten some manacles out. And I was like, I'm going to place the manacles on her wrist and then on my wrist. And the DM was like, oh, shit, you're like, you're not going to let her die, are you? And the character now doesn't care about hunting this creature. It's about the safety of this person. Like, I feel like that would be at his core. He's seen his whole village die. He can't see another person die. And that was one of the first few moments where I was like, oh, that's really cool where you have to go. What would, what would their reaction? Because this character isn't me. They're an old, old, old dwarf. And they're really on a hunt for not just vengeance, although it, it's always cool. So he was always kind of like, are there frost giants around? <laughs> like kind of suspicious, just waiting for it to happen. Um, but genuinely just didn't want anyone else to have to suffer like he had, which is, you know, something I don't really feel. So I can also be able to chill out and constantly be wanting to, like whenever we went to a tavern, I was yep. like, right, I need to know all the, the craft mead that is available here. And so we'd, we'd have, um, we'd have we'd have fun with that and all I, the beers on tap and i need to know the flavors yeah basically and i want to know what they pair with so it was um it was cool to have that like bit of levity <laughs> balance to the character but also to be able to use that so one time i was like what have you got in this tab and, and the dm was like no i'm ready for you you bastard he's like all right so there's like uh there's like spicy <laughs> froth uh, on one beer, it was like a jalapeno froth, and there was all this other stuff. And he went through all these like really Gucci gourmet type foods. And then the bandits enter, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take one of the really spicy ones." And so I walk up to the bandits, and I'm like, "You guys need to leave." Bandits are very tall, and it's like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And I take a sip of my beer, and then I just blow like jalapeno froth in this guy's eyes. And the DM was like, "Oh, that's actually he was like right in your face. You got him really close." And I was like, "Yeah, I did." And so I got to use the character's quirk to the advantage. And I was like, that's way more fun than just I, I drive my battle axe or whatever. I was like, I want moments like that where that character has something that we can all remember. And that's why when I DM, I try to like tailor things to each character's 
quirk or flaw more than just their, you know, their class or weapon so that they can go, oh, well, I always had this fear or whatever, but I, I overcame it. And it was cool in the end. Uh, so one of the DMs ended up setting up this adventure where I came across the frost giants that laid waste to my village. And we had this like two session long epic battle. It was just battle and it was digging in and it was like all these things. It was like, it really felt like an epic war. And then at the end of it, I like sacrificed myself killing the last one, but then didn't know. And then um, the paladin brought me back to life. And the DM sort of sent me a message and was like, were you, were you like trying to just like, you know, you've had fun with this character. This seems like a good, he's like, you're a writer. Were you just trying to build a good climax for the character? And I was like, oh, to a degree. I mean, I saw him in, so I took it. But um, I said, yeah, that's certainly, it feels like that's how the character would go. And he's like, do you want to try a new character? And I said, oh, I mean, I am pretty excited to like, to get to the next character. And he's like, oh, okay. And cause no one had died yet in our like campaign. It was just sort of, I think we're all very nice DMs and we don't we don't push on each other too hard. So in the next week's session, it was kind of like a wrap-up session and we were we were we were bringing all the stuff back from this frost giant castle or whatever and we'd rescued a bunch of dwarves that had been captured which was kind of like my my character's trigger seeing more dwarves you know, captured. Um and so eventually these dwarves were like well we're going to go back to our village thank you for saving us they were like you know eggle you've been this amazing hero would you actually like to come back with us and help us establish a new town you've defeated the the specific people that you wanted to for two weeks and i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do and in the adventure i was just like yeah no I, I will and so my character got to just like walk off into the sunset and um retire a second time and i was like oh that's actually a really cool way to like to wrap yeah. this beautiful ending of the arc for him yeah and then we finished and a bunch of the other players like DM'd me straight away and they were like, wait, do you have to stop playing? Like, was this you retiring? Like, they, they know, like, it was is, is like, because I think it was, it must have been just, no, it was during COVID because I was at home doing it digitally. Um, and I'd just taken a, prom, uh, a short-term promotion at work because I'm in charge of IT and we obviously needed a lot of that with um remote teaching and they were like do you have to like stop playing because of that or do you have some comic stuff coming up and i was like no no no, i'll be back i'll be back with, with a new character and they're like oh thank god we, we thought you were just like oh i played for a bit and now you know I, I i gotta get busy living and i was like no i, mean, I like dnd especially through like 2020 dnd was keeping me sane so i was like no i just like have played this character for like two years now i was kind of I was, I was kind of interested to see what would happen so then the next session i dm'd and um it was a mind flayer thing and the mind flayer was controlling a bunch of characters that infiltrated their ship and in my head i knew whichever of these npcs survived was going to be my next character so i was like i, I hope oh, nice. someone survives <laughs> and so i um i'd build a, a, a few different characters i was like oh any of them would be cool we'll just see how it works in story what a great introduction for for my character though mm. and so one of them did survive and so now i'm playing this um uh, goliath druid and she was an undercover cop um, or city watch, if you will. And she'd gone undercover and the mind flayer had killed the, um, like the, the, the bank robber goblins she was with um, and had taken her. And so that was how she sort of ended up where she was. And so she instantly gets to start like indebted to all the other players because they've saved her life um and because i've come in at the same level as everybody else i've had to build a bit of you know fairly intense backstory to to justify why she'd be at that level and it was kind of fun to like piece something together because i and and i see it in the kids at school a lot the character creation is like one of the most fun things they 
love it. They 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 constantly come in and be like, oh, I made another creator. I made another one. Yeah. They're, 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 they want to express themselves through it. And the more they know about the game, the more they're like, no, no, no. I, I realize now I want to be a warlock. I didn't know that at the start of the year, but can I do this? And so I was like, yeah, no, I totally agree. So um yeah so for the last i guess nine months i've been playing this um goliath it's it's funny because she's a goliath but she has like the actor skill so i was like no no no. she was totally undercover with the goblins the goblins just thought she was a big big goblin (laughs) (laughs) so just that elements of pratchett and discworld of no he's just a very tall dwarf yeah totally yeah that's just like don't be don't be a bigot there can be big dwarves surely like they can be big goblins or (laughs) i'm just a really small frost giant like (laughs) so trying to like just do something different with it and have a laugh but but the interesting thing is what you end up building um through play so then i started playing the character and i realized i love turning into animals um but I don't like turning out of them, even if it's convenient. So I kind of turn. Yeah, because you only get like two, I only get two per short rest. So I'm like, well, I don't want to waste it. Surely you guys, like everybody else at the table can work this out without me, right? And they're like, goddamn five. She's always turning into an animal and then won't come back. And I'm like, I'll like, I'll. It's fun I'll being not, fuzzy. Like, ask, yeah, I'm like, ask me a question. Like, you know, hold up one left paw. Yes, right paw. No, I was like, we can, we, we're grown adults. We can do this. And so now it's like my character is very much like when she turns into an animal, she wants the full time. She wants like every minute of possibly being that animal. And so that's, that becomes like a character quirk that only really happened because once I was in like playing it, I was like, you know what? It's fun being like a giant eagle or whatever. Why would I? And if I turn back and then I want to do it again later and I've used all my turns, I I don't want to do that. So it's great being able to find that mechanic that then builds on the character's personality yeah and it, and, it, and it sort of becomes layers like one of the other characters um he he did this thing where he was like we found a letter and he was like and his character was very smug and was like ah oh, i'd read it but i don't really care somebody else can read it and we were like can you can you read he's like yeah no i can and and being a funny guy is like yeah no i can read of course i can read who couldn't read and we were like yeah, suspicious we don't think you can read and then later in the adventure something else happened and he didn't read something and by the end of the session it was canon that his character was fairly illiterate and had just been bluffing his way through life and the, the player was like that's no that's actually pretty funny we're gonna have to work out how to, how to do that. i was like as a teacher my my mike and i was i was still the ranger i was like i'm an old ranger i could give him my teaching skills and maybe i could do some you know remedial reading with your character He's like, my character doesn't need it. He's fine. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he totally would react that way too. <laughs> sure. I'm like, that's cool. And so, yeah, you end up like, you but you build way further than the page. It builds. It it really is just a, a another person that exists inside your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. So no, it's um, it's been something that I'm so glad I've discovered D and D, both personally and professionally. And probably creatively as well. Like it's, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to get into that as well. I think, I think I'm going to have to get you on again sometime so we can talk more about the Goliath as well. But I am aware that you know it is eight thirty and we've got we've got other things to do as well. This is what I always find that we could keep talking another yeah. two three hours. I would say just about the it, the joys yeah. of D and D. 
Um, but we should should wrap it up there. And if you could talk to, um, just let people know where they can find you online if they want to see more about your writing. I know you've got the Patreon where you create uh, random D&D characters, which I want to talk oh, to yeah, about yeah. another time as well. Uh, so anything you want to plug, really? Oh, definitely. If, if you go to most places and plug in Ryan K. Lindsay, um, you you will find me. So at Twitter, you'll find me with that. Um, Patreon, you'll find me there. If you throw a .com at the end, ryankalinsey.com, you'll find my, my personal site there. Um, I mostly use Twitter, um, so people can see most of my random rantings about usually like comics or creativity or just uh, being tired um, up on Twitter. Um, and with the Patreon, yeah, I, I do a variety of different just like just small creative resources, whether it's like tiny flash fiction or whether it's like D and D uh, character histories from random D and D character generated yeah. stuff, um, or uh, sharing PDFs of, of comics and scripts and stuff like that. It's um it's a fun creative outlet, and I try to share stuff where I'm like, you know what, I'd love it if I saw that from somebody else that I, I thought was a good creator. So yeah, they can see uh, a variety of different things. I post about D&D stuff sometimes or about writing comics. Um, over the coming year, I will have a handful of different comics out from different publishers. So um, by all means, if you're checking those feeds and streams and places where I am, you will see uh, what is coming out. Um, or you can go to Own uh, Indie. So it's O-W-N-A indi.com which is the um australian independent comic um like sales hub and there's so many great creators selling for, across australia selling their independent comics there and if you throw a little slash ryan kalinsey you'll go to my ones and um you can find any uh, a lot of stuff that i've written before that uh, i can uh, sell my copies especially at the moment with comic conventions being um yeah uh being shut down a, for a ghost while. land on on the landscape and even if they come back uh we'll see how comfortable i am going yeah, to one uh, <laughs> it was it'll be a different i think it will be a different experience coming back but there'll be a link for for that in the show notes as well um, oh that would be awesome thanks man so ryan thank you so much for coming on the one thing i do ask all my guests to do i usually like to spring it on them at this point so they don't have time to prepare nice um is say farewell to our listeners as um, one of your characters preferably eagle frost walker um, as we've been talking about him. Oh, well, he would be uh, sitting back in his new village, uh, which he, he uh, petitioned to be called New Eagleton, which for some reason now posits that maybe the old town was called Eagleton, if this is the new one. <laughs> he would be sitting at his bar um, and he would definitely be asking everybody to raise a frothy mug of whatever microbrew mead or jalapeno froth topped beverage that you have procured this fine morning raise it to the sunrise or the sunset depending on where you are in the globe and just remember that evil is out there but we are there to eradicate it at all times so we'll be seeing you that's all for this week thank you so much for listening i really appreciate that you took the time out of your day to come along and hear me talk with this wonderful guest who i thank again for coming on and talking with me if you enjoyed the episode and you're on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you could go and leave us a review. Five stars will get us out to more listeners. And if you share it with your friends as well, that's an even better way since we don't pay for any advertising on this channel. We can be found on other podcast networks as well. We are hosted by SoundCloud, where my other podcast is hosted as well, of Dice and DMs, where I talk about Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games with some of my friends. You can find news about the show on Facebook and Instagram at Tell Me About Your D&D, or you can see us on Twitter, which is at Tell Me Your D&D. 
part of the episode is done by Tori Tedeschi and music by Pottington Bear. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. May all your hits be crits.